lovely listeners, welcome back to another episode of Ting It Ting It Ting It Build Different. You know, trying to add some, I don't know, a remix to that. I felt I felt like last and um, the last one was a bit dead. <laughs> but anyways, before I rumble off into um, anything else, this episode is going to be centered around mental health and ethnic minorities. A conversation that I have not heard that much. Uh, we do, as a generation, love talking about our mental health and how we advocate it and how we help each other. But um, when it comes to ethnic minority spaces, it's really um, not as talked about. And today with us, we have the lovely wonderful blessing dada which which she well she is a mental health advocate within the ethnic minority spaces and so blessing would you introduce yourself to our listeners please um i'm gonna try not be awkward but basically i am my name is blessing i am 21 years old and i am currently a youth and community development student and I'm also a youth worker at the same time mm-hmm. and I am a mental health advocate and a chronic illness um advocate but the two are intersectional which I'll talk about later yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I I live alone and I am born <laughs> and raised in Ireland the oldest of four kids and I'm just happy to be Talking about such an important topic because I've mm-hmm. this is not my first time doing a podcast on this topic, but it is my first time talking about it with other black people, you know. And I just think that's such an amazing thing. Yeah, it is because it, it'll be nice to see how we could relate to each other about this this due to the similar circumstances that we grew up in and how mental illness, um, mental health is viewed within our community, you know. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really important to discuss that because there's so much um, stigma being, I think, being a Black woman and mental health, I think, especially within our community where it's like, you don't need mental health when you have God. So I think it would be really interesting lesson today to just hear your story. And I'm really excited for our listeners. I feel like if you know about mental health in Ireland if you, and you don't know about Blessing, you're living under a rock. Blessing is doing absolutely mm-hmm. amazing work advocating. Yeah. I think she's really being, like, I don't think she was how inspirational she is. She's really doing stuff for, like, I wish I had when I was going through my difficult path. I wish I knew someone like Blessing. stop gassing me what the hell (laughs) no but it it's true though and blessing would you like to explain why you chose to go down this particular path like mental health and advocating for it yeah no worries um so basically like basically when you're born and raised in ireland Mm -hmm. um the universal experience would be like you know you know, we're all black, we all experience racism and discrimination, this, that, this, that. But in my situation, I grew up in a home that had domestic violence. Um, and there was other issues in it, but domestic violence would be the biggest cause of it. So growing up, um, all I knew was just like pain growing up. And especially when you're black, it's like, in the Nigerian community, it's always like respect the man, listen to the man, make him happy. Or like if you're the cause to his anger, this, that, this, that. So like that was my experience growing up. And it was just like hard because you're the oldest of your whole family. And then you're a woman yeah. on top of it. It's just like, mm-hmm. raw, you know. Um, so just growing up, um, I've always struggled with my mental health. Um, and it's and I really want to emphasize on mental health that like when we're talking about mental health awareness, people think it's like, oh, I don't have mental health. Well, like, no, we all have mental health. We all have physical health. Not everyone is going to have physical illnesses and not everyone is going to have mental illnesses. And that's just to like differentiate into that because the topic is just confusing to some people sometimes. Um, And then like growing up, I just was bullied throughout primary school and secondary school. And then you can imagine being bullied on top of being a black girl and then you're going Mm. home and you're like experiencing abuse as well. So it was just like abuse left, right and center. Um, And then fast forward to the ages of 
13, 14, um, it was the first time I kind of copped on a little bit of what mental illnesses was because yeah. growing up, I was kind of like, okay, I feel so depressed. I feel so sad. But obviously you wouldn't have that v- vocabulary when you're a young kid. And then when you're in school, you kind of cop on and learn a little bit. And um, so that was the first time I was able to pinpoint how I was feeling. And the first time I was able to understand like what anxiety and depression and other mental illnesses are. Um, and then that was between the ages of like 12 and 14. And then mm-hmm. at the age of 15, I became sick and I have a condition called fibromyalgia. So it's basically a disorder in your central nerve system. Um, yeah. So I'll be on medication for like the rest of my life and I'll be in pain for the rest of my life. And it's just hard for people to take it seriously because I don't look sick on the outside. It's just on the inside. Um, And then just as life went on, I've just had other um, illnesses on top. I just don't really talk about it as much because they are, they're well known already. But like when it comes to fibromyalgia, people are like, what? So that's why I talk about it the most. Um, And then like I was being diagnosed with mental illnesses. So like, I talk about anxiety and depression a lot on social media, but like not a lot of people would know that I have like four mental illnesses and like other stuff happening. (laughs) But yeah, the reason why I became a mental health advocate was Mm. because like, you know, when you're in school and they have like um, mental health awareness day or something of that kind. And you have like, in our school, we used to have positive mental health week. Girl. Yeah. yeah, I and remember have, like, that. Speakers coming and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um. But what I realized was like, you know, representation is so important because when young girls are looking at sports on TV and they see like women's football and that type of stuff, like psychologically they're thinking and developing, you know, confidence that like, oh, sports isn't just a man sports. Like, women can play football. This, that, this, that. So like when it comes to like mental health, it's like there's nothing wrong with having like white speakers come in and that type of stuff. Yeah. It just gets to a point where it's like everything is just whitewashed and everything is just studied and done through white lens. It's like mm-hmm. they'll be advocating and speaking about mental health, but ethnic minorities have like specific struggles that we go through, such as like racism and you know sexism and colorism and that type of stuff and then just like representation like I'm sure like I'm not the only one that has heard things like oh mental health is for white people therapies for white people oh my gosh girl (laughs) I have stories for days yeah that's why representation is important because like it's it's to show basically that like mental health illnesses doesn't discriminate but the help does discriminate Mm -hmm. like when you're looking for help all you're going to is like white therapist and this that this that and it's not to say that there's anything wrong with going with to them Mm -hmm. but that's why I'm an intersectional mental health advocate because there's no point going to a white therapist and they don't know how to be anti-racist like imagine going up to a therapist and being like hey I'm struggling with depression because I have racism like what if they're racist themselves you know (laughs) you get me really weird because Mm. like I remember I moved here everyone knows that I moved here I like just say that every single episode it's kind of getting yes gosh (laughs) but like it's it's mad to think because every time something happens here I instantly compare to where I'm originally from so when I came here I didn't really know what mental illness was I wasn't aware of that Uh, like back at home it's either something happened to you for you to to result to how you're feeling. So mm. like, um, let's say someone doesn't have money to feed their kids. You mm. don't have lunch money. You don't have food to go to. You don't have lunch to go to school. You have to use, you know, like very much um, in 
in it's like your mental health is a result of your physicality and on your materialistic stuff on what you have and then mm. moving to europe and seeing like you basic i thought like everyone had everything you needed you have heat and you have a home you have shoes you have food you know and what i saw and the people i went to school with obviously i didn't know what was happening behind closed doors and mm. then around second and third year like um people in my school would come forward and be like, I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with depression. And I couldn't wrap it around my head. Just like, because I used to associate struggling as in like with physical items, like something you do not have. I never associated struggling with like men, like mentally. And it would come across as kind of ignorant at the time when I would ask like, it's not ignorance though yeah yeah I understand but like obviously in the context and when I was like 15 I'd be like I don't understand why are you depressed you have everything you need in life I I I don't know what happens and then obviously I grew older I started reading more and knowing that sometimes it could be genetic or trauma Mm. and Mm. and like more understanding and Mm. now I kind of understand it's not even it's a place where I talk to my cousins about their mental health. Cause I always ask them like once a month, I'm like, are you doing okay mentally? Because you just never know, you yeah. know? And they'd be like, not so. really. And when they go to talk to their parents, especially back home, they're like, what you're saying doesn't make sense. It's a thing where I've been told at home, even here with my family, just depression is a white person thing. It's, something white people go through i'm like no how can you tell me this and then last week you're telling me that you kind of went through like a really bad episode it just doesn't make any correlation you know Mm. and that's why like i speak out about it you know sorry i said i completely agree with you because i kind of feel like an african Mm. household it's like Mm -hmm. I remember speaking to my grandfather and he was like, this is for white people. What is wrong with you? What do you mean you're depressed? Do you know how many children are suffering in Africa? Like, what? What is this? As in, like, it's almost a disbelief that someone could be Mm. so, in comparison to them, so privileged, but could be suffering Mm -hmm. with mental health illness. But I think that, like, I'm not surprised that a lot of Black people or a lot of people Mm. of African descent would suffer from a lot of um, trauma because of the things that we go to, not necessarily inside the Mm. home first and also outside the home Mm -hmm. things the black family unfortunately due to a lot of things has been a lot of households have been have broken down due to lack of communication it's very much it's a cultural thing when we look back at our cultures um mental health is not prioritized at anything um we're told very much to kind of labor through the pain not really talk about emotions and then when you think about it it does correlate it makes a lot of sense why obviously we have poverty diseases and health but it makes a lot of sense as to why our death rate in is so comparison younger to the western world and just in general when i think about it we actually it may not be documented but a lot of african countries would have a lot of high suicide rates so yeah. oh yeah there actually is a documentary i need to find it um it was so sad i think i was taking place in uh either like zimbabwe or kenya i can't remember but I watched it a few years ago and it was the set. Nah, I'm sorry, but like you need to prepare yourself to watch that documentary. Like when I said I cried, like the way the village people came around and like they do understand like mm. why the person. I've seen this in Kenya. Yeah, it, it's Kenya, is it? Yeah, that documentary was just absolutely heartbreaking. Oh my goodness. I guys. think it was, what, was it with BBC, I think? Yeah, so it's BBC. It was just, oh, I felt very shattered. It was heartbreaking. I cried. Very, very sad. It's really, mm. it's really upsetting when you see, like, unfortunately, when a young black um, person takes their lives because their parents are going to be like, oh, they were perfectly fine. And also, like, parents not knowing the signs of, like, depression and what could lead to this. And in some instances, children, like, kids do go up to their parents and try and talk to them but it's instantly dismissed every single Mm. time and it's something I try to encourage my cousins because they're way older than me and they have kids and I'm like please do not ever like dismiss your child's emotions that's how they feel like being constantly because they could go outside and be dismissed there and come back home to the 
come back home and be dismissed mm-hmm. within the house and where else could they go what else could they do it's very it's very bad you know yeah and it's just the whole thing very much I'm really passionate about it especially at home like when I'm mm-hmm. with my family I try to speak out like no 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 can we not try and belittle anyone's feelings and how they feel it's how they feel let's encourage us speaking more about it you know definitely like both of you made such good points because like it's so important to talk about mental health among ethnic minority communities but especially that like all three of us are black Mm -hmm. like parents would have a hard time of trying to understand their kids mental health well-being and trying to navigate it but I think like being children of immigrant parents we have it like a whole different ball game because you know we we have parents that are born and raised in different countries in Africa and then you have kids that are born to immigrant parents who are born and raised in like a western society and it's Mm -hmm. just like two completely different worlds and it's also like you know parents have a hard job in general but like the difference between like ethnic minority parents and then like white parents is that like ethnic minority parents have to go through so much as in like you know they went through war and poverty to get to where they are now to the point where like they didn't even have the time to process their own trauma and then come into a new country and learning the language and learning all like the social welfare services and the government and politics and everything like it's it's extra hard on top of it for them and you know, like I, growing up, I used to be like really annoyed being like, you know, don't you don't get to gaslight like people's um, feelings and that type of stuff. But growing mm-hmm. up, it's not like I didn't like I still don't accept the things that they're saying, but I can understand where they're coming from, because yeah. for them, it's like, like, I won't lie. Like, I even think like this a little bit that like I can understand why they could be struggling with the thought of you know people in western society where living in rich countries there's no war anything and that they're still struggling with their mental health and like black parents would be kind of puzzled being like well if you think like life is hard like go to africa where like you don't get social welfare you like you know this that this that but at the same time it's just trying to i guess like as hard as as hard as it is Should first generation black Irish kids will have it a little bit harder because like we're kind of paving the way for other generations because we're kind of having to not that it's our not not that it's our responsibility to it's not our responsibility of how our parents treat us and that type of stuff like everyone's responsibility for their actions Mm -hmm. but I guess for us it would be kind of taking on the burden a little bit of them learning about life in Ireland through their own kids um, and it's only then that change can come about with that and like luckily with my mom she's like very chilled back like every time I hear like stories or jokes about like African aunties or moms and that type of stuff I'm like I can't relate to that because my mom is like very 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 chilled back you know yeah um but yeah like the intersectionality of mental health in the community is so important because (laughs) I get very irritated with the whole mental health advocation in Ireland because it's very it's very white centered or it's very like one thing yeah and it's like we all know that like we're all made up of like different identities so like your mental health is going to be affected whether positive or negative it's going to be affected by if you're a man or a woman, if you have disabilities or you don't have disabilities, if you're gay or straight, if you are Christian and or Muslim, or if you have no faith background, if you're rich or poor, or if you're homeless or you have like um, a housing, and if you went, if you had education or and if you don't have education, so like people think like struggling with your mental health is like oh like something has to happen. Exactly. for it to affect you and it's kind of like it's true to a certain extent but I don't feel like to a certain extent I don't feel like people should be responsible of how they're feeling alone because a lot of the times 
the effects come from like systematic issues, you know, like your mental health isn't just going to become better because, you know, if you are poor and then one day money comes by, like you have to be political in your mental health advocation because like Mm. everything is political from the house that you are in to the house that to the, to what you're eating, to the medication you're taking. It's like, if there is no people working in the background of like, trying to reduce rent in Ireland or trying to um, eliminate homelessness in Ireland or like there's people basically fighting for different rights in Ireland yeah or they're for like different parts of your well-being to you know to get better so that's why I'm not really swinging towards the whole like you know if you're struggling with your mental health like go out for fresh air this that this that like it's not like it doesn't work well, at the end of the day, going out for like a walk is not going to pay your bills if that's what is affecting your mental health. Yeah. You get me, you know. That so is. that's why it's really important for it to be intersectional because, like, a lot of mental health advocates. It's not like I'm trying to bash them, but a lot of them are not political, and no one likes talking about polit- political stuff. Like even me, but it's kind of yeah. like if you ignore issues in society like everything's political anyway and if you ignore them in society you're in a pri- you're in a privileged place to ignore them because that means that like it doesn't affect you you know so that's why like I don't call myself like a mental health advocate for like depression or anxiety like there is some pages that just speak about like only depression or only anxiety but for me I talk about like anything at all that affects your mental health you know no, no matter what it is because at the end of the day, it's all intersectional, you know? Um, yeah. Honestly, I, I totally agree with that. I feel like every, in every situation, you have to look at it in an intersectional lens mm-hmm. because you're failing to see the whole picture in exactly. most situations. Like going, especially during this COVID time, going out for a walk, get some fresh air. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I might get some fresh air, new oxygen. I come back, I'm still stuck with what what I had at the end of the day you know what I'm saying and it's so true to say like it is political because right now like I feel like as far as mental health and other situations and other social um um issues it's very much dumbed down it it is dumbed down mm. for for it to be more accessible but also has a, mas- a massive disadvantage to um not inform people in a deeper sense to Mm. get a fuller comprehension of what is going on Mm. which at the same time annoys me but it's also nice to know that people are engaging with the conversation and would try to do something at the end of the day oh yeah definitely and like it's 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 so good to see that like every day the conversation is getting better Mm -hmm. and people are becoming more aware of mental health overall but like I feel like it's it's good in a way but like to a certain extent I feel like it's almost kind of like a a tiny like a teensy tiny a bit damaging because like Mm. when you keep talking about like anxiety and depression so much like there's other mental illnesses that exist like OCD and bipolar and DID and PTSD and like it's not like it's not like the conversation is bad it's just like when you talk about the two most popular mental illnesses so much and then you don't give spotlight to other mental illnesses like if someone was to go through something and like their their issue wasn't like anxiety or depression it's almost kind of like reinforcing the stigma to Mm. a point where like people might be like oh, I know what I'm talking about. Like, I know what mental health is, but like in their heads, they just know only anxiety and depression. And a lot of people aren't aware with that. Like, you know, especially that's why I was like very, very annoyed with like what happened in January with the whole George and the Kencho situation because there was so many, like his situation was like a mental health crisis. And there were so many people, you know, being like, oh, that's what happens when you swing a knife, I guarantee and I was like, first of all, step back from the situation. Don't focus 
on the situation in that moment, focus on what led up to it. Like no one's going to wake up and suddenly have like a mental health breakdown, like different things lead up to that moment. Mm -hmm. So like in his situation, it would be like, you know, racism and like, obviously we all experience racism. And when you keep reporting and reporting and reporting it and like nothing is being done, the people that are committing it think it's okay. And then it keeps happening and happening. So I really hate it when like people only focus on things that happen in the moment. And it's kind of like, we're all made up of experiences, good or bad. And we're all made up of like, you know, the education that we receive and like, basically, you know, you like Benita didn't just wake up one day and, you know, all of a sudden she's in college, like different things led up to where you are now, whether it was like positive or negative, you know? So like in January, when people were like that, I was kind of like, there was many people that called themselves mental health advocates, but were being racist at the same time. And that's why I don't really engage with other mental health advocates, but because my saying is if your mental health advocation isn't intersectional or if it's not anti-racist, then there's no point being a mental health advocate at all because everyone has mental health, you know? Mm. So you have to advocate for the everybody in Ireland and not everybody is white in Ireland. So you have to consider other perspectives and realities that aren't yours as well. Like just because they aren't, just because they aren't your reality doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, you know? 100%. Like I feel like some people really struggle to see um, beyond themselves. Like I think it's such a disappointing thing that a lot of mental health um, organizations aren't as intersexual as inclusive as they like to make themselves out to be. And I think one thing that needs to be said is that there's a lot of um, there's not a lot of funding anyway in the first place towards mm-hmm. um, mental health uh, in Ireland. And also, I think a lot of the times I know for, I'm not gonna name it, I'm not gonna name any organizations, but I know for some organizations there's actually like a waiting list. So there's like prioritization mm-hmm. of who they can actually see. So they can only do their best, but at the same time, I think it's important to um, include people of color within that like kind of conversation mm-hmm. because I feel like out of everyone we're kind of hidden within society mm-hmm. and one thing that I definitely saw of benefit for me was seeing a black counselor I honestly think that woman saved my life honestly because there was a lot of things that was just unspoken that we talked about it was just it was she really understood every Thing that I was going through because she was also a woman who's also a Muslim woman. So she'd been through from, she didn't understand from Islamophobia, from racism, from misogyny, you know, she really understood where I was coming from for a lot of the things. And I feel like it was very, I think it's very, it can be very important as Blessing said that there is a need for um, representation within. Mm-hmm. I think if you can see um, that, oh, wow, there's a black counselor. There's actually a black therapist Ireland page, I think. I feel oh, like yeah. if you can see that, wow, there is someone, it can definitely fix. And some people definitely, people of color can definitely find it um, difficult, like easier to um, kind of meet with someone who is of authority, who has authority, who has, who's a person of color. Because sometimes I think um, growing up, sometimes someone who is um who has authority over you who is of um not the same race and you could also there can be a lot of trauma and fear just from past experience I thought I'll just oh yeah and that's why I say that like I know I keep saying talking about like political stuff but the reason why like it's so important for like your advocation to be political because like a lot of people who are listening to what I'm saying they're like yes like we definitely need diversity and representation and inclusiveness in mental health advocation, but in order for that to happen, you need to create the op- the opportunities for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So like, if we need black therapists in Ireland, like they're not just gonna pop out somewhere. We need to make education accessible for students to go onto psychology. And then when they're doing like their internship to actually pay um, psychologists who are on internships, because at the moment it's all unpaid and like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all unpaid. And it's kind of like, there's a lot of people who are not in privileged places to, you know, do work experience that's unpaid. And there's a lot of people who aren't like living with their parents to avoid paying rent and that type of stuff. And 
especially if you're black, like, you know, the chances of, you know, not that you wouldn't get help from your parents, but it's kind of like we already have like different barriers on top of us, such as like, you know, choosing to use a name that sounds white when it comes to like job applications to like, you know, different things like, what am I trying to think now? Different things like if you're like an immigrant trying to study um, psychology in Ireland, like you might be able to study psychology in Ireland, but like you might still have to process like your, you know, your ID application and that type of stuff in Ireland. And then if you don't, you might have the degree, but you can't work in Ireland. Or if you are practicing in like Nigeria or something, and then you come to Ireland and like they say things like, okay, you're a psychologist, but like your degree isn't recognizable. Like, you know, there's different barriers that like ethnic minority communities have. And in order for us to bring change, we need to like lift these barriers and create opportunities so like they can actually flow through rather than just say, oh, we need representation. But like, where's that going to come from? Do you get me, you know? Um, But it's like these small things that like, people don't think about but it's not their fault at the same time because it's like it's not their experience but once you're made aware of these experiences and you don't do anything to help contribute for change that's when like an issue lies in so like white mental health advocates obviously would have the privilege of you know being able to vote for different things in Ireland that like you know not every ethnic minority is Irish born so like yeah you know, if if there's people who aren't Irish born, but are in a position that they have the education to bring about change in Ireland, but they're being blocked because of different laws in Ireland, then white people have the privilege of being able to vote for change in Ireland. And, you know, just like small little things that like make up the bigger picture, you get me, you know? I like I totally understand that and I like how you're really advocating for the intersectional aspect of it because it's very important like even beforehand like before I was introduced into intersectionality I actually didn't even realize my privileges as a black woman you know even though I it's like even though I say I don't have many I do Mm. I don't say that but I do along with my um mental health and there's something I really want to touch on Um, Mm and you were talking about like how people are how mm, in the mental health um, space how depression and anxiety is the most talked about yeah and it just it brings me back to like on Instagram you see all these little you know those little slides that tell you the signs or whatever Mm -hmm. of a a specific illness or whatnot and Mm -hmm. It just, especially in our generation right now, I feel like we have like self-diagnosed ourselves. Let's say, oh, I'm lazy. Oh, I'm so (laughs) depressed. I'm so that. I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't sure whether to mention it or not. Because it's a bit controversial of the stuff that I have to say. (laughs) No, I feel like we need to talk about it. No, self-diagnosing is so dangerous. We we need to talk about it because I feel like we need to distinguish when it's actually serious because at this point it's a thing which just like I don't know what's going on, you know? Mm. And it's just like, am I actually going through it now? Am mm. I depressed? Do I have anxiety? Mm. It's kind of weird. I'm you so get it? glad you brought that up because mm. how do I put it? I feel like I'm I'm 50-50 on that situation because like when it comes to like chronic illness, like that's how I actually got my diagnosis because like I did the research and I self-diagnosed myself and I brought it to the doctor and they're like, actually like, this is what you have, you know? But like when it comes to like the topic of mental health, this is why I have an issue with the mental health conversation because like anxiety and depression is talked so much to the point where it's like, it's almost quirky or trendy to have a mental Mm -hmm. illness. Do you get me? Like, like, I'm not trying to be bad because like there's nothing wrong with labels like some some people label themselves some people don't I do personally just to like raise awareness that like black people can have mental illnesses so like if someone asks me like what illnesses I have I'm going to say it but when it gets to the point where your whole personality is based on it or if you're doing it in a way that is so quirky or trendy 
to the point where like you're just reinforcing certain stigmas on it it's kind of like you're you're undoing the work of what other advocates are doing because like mm-hmm. basically you won't be taken seriously um not that you wouldn't be taken seriously but like if you're contributing to damage and then there's other people who are actually in genuine need they might not be taken seriously because of the damage that you're contributing did you get me um well I'm so glad you brought that up especially with intersectionality like I don't know Mm -hmm. I was so shocked because like that term only came about 30 years ago like it's actually a very new term yeah um and like I thought it was just there in the dictionary for like decades or centuries or something but like I was re- like when I was learning about it, I was like, it's only like, I don't know, 30, 32 years old. And I was like, raw. <laughs> it's not that bad. Like, I learned about it when in not June, but like, I say March. February. No, I completely agree with you with the whole thing of self diagnosing. Like, I feel like it's difficult in the sense that sometimes I feel like a lot of people don't have the access to get someone to diagnose them. So that we have a lot of um, black children who are called rowdy and that just could be ADHD or called, they're out of control and that could be bipolar disorder. And I've actually, I saw a very interesting documentary about it, how that, and I think, and I, when I remember a lot of the times, and it's true because I think even when I look back at my own home country in Zimbabwe, there's a lot of people who suffer from schizophrenia schizophrenia yes there's a lot of people you'd see a lot of people walking the streets a lot of people suffer from bipolar disorder but for the rest of their life within society they'll be cast as some crazy person even though they have no but that is a fact like when they could have just been whereas if they're living in Ireland they'll be able to live normally to have a life to work and I think that's such an issue that like do you ever did your grandparents ever tell you oh she's just a crazy person or she lost nine years ago no she has a mental illness (laughs) You know, she's literally mentally ill and it's something I never say you can necessarily, I don't know if you can cure it, but it's something that you can make manageable to improve your quality of life. Mm. And I think so that's why I completely agree to the self-diagnosis. But then at the same time, it could also be very dangerous if we just have people diagnosing themselves with these serious conditions without mm. seeking the right problem or getting the right evaluation because it could be something else. Yeah, it's, yeah. Definitely. Like, it's like, it's okay. kind of, it's kind of a weird situation where, like Benita said, people cannot actually access the right, ad, like right services to get a diagnosis or whatnot. So they obviously result to self-diagnosing themselves. But I feel like within, especially Gen Z, our generation, older Gen yeah. Z, we getting into this like, oh my god, I'm depressed, I'm so cranky, and I'm like, girl. I'm no <laughs> don't do that and it's kind of cringe and then who am i to say like yo don't say you're depressed you get me it's it's such a gray area and i feel like as a generation we need to discuss it because it also results into the older generations mm-hmm. calling us snowflakes and just like oh you're complaining about nothing and also belittling other people who actually have mental illnesses it's like a really vicious cycle that we've started it's like let's fix this now this is kind of weird you know oh definitely like for me like this will be my own personal opinion before like (laughs) before like anyone listen to me (laughs) comes for me but like for me personally if like ethnic minority communities are like self-diagnosing themselves I wouldn't really be as bothered much about it just because like medicine and like mental health studies and psychology has been studied through like white lens and then like at the same time we're a bit reluctant to like looking for help so like when Mm -hmm. I do hear someone say like oh I might have depression like I wouldn't like question it like not that I wouldn't question it but I wouldn't like treat them the same as like if a white person to like was to self self-diagnose themselves and like I know that sounds really bad but it's just like what I'm seeing at the moment is that like there's a difference between an inconvenience there's an inf- difference between an inconvenience trauma and struggles and I feel like you know inconvenience is gonna like bother you a little bit but it's not gonna like be a life or death situation do you get me so I feel like when 
another unpopular thing that I'm seeing happening at the moment is that is that like there's a lot of people calling like every single thing, no matter how big or small, trauma. And I'm like, it's very dangerous to use that word in circumstances where you shouldn't because like I know people might be like oh it's not a big deal but like language matters when it comes to mental health because like trauma is is an actual like medical term when it comes to like mental health and like trauma is like an actual like psychological (laughs) like for me speaking as someone with like PTSD like when I heard people people when I hear people talk about trauma I'm kind of like you are going through a struggle or you're going through an inconvenience but it is not ptsd like i'm literally so tired of people calling oh my god calling small things like oh my gosh i have ptsd oh my gosh i have trauma like no you might be depressed you might be sad about something or at least to the max depressed about something to a certain extent but like trauma is basically like the psycho, psycho, ugh, psychological undoing of like how your brain processes different things. And it's like a, it's a manageable condition, but like it's a lifelong thing. So like, that's why I'm very picky with like how people talk about like mental health and these type of things, because like not everything is trauma, you know? Yeah. I, t- oh I, totally, I, I totally understand that, but it's a it's we're like I feel like we're entering to this threshold of like gray area because <laughs> at the like sometimes you at the same time it's weird because you really do not want to belittle how that person is actually feeling mm. but for them then us to be like it's weird for for us to like turn around and be like no you're actually not going through what you're going through it, it'll be a difficult no, conversation to have you know oh yeah no I definitely I, agree. I like, they need to be reframing in terms of the language. Like, for example, like, she's a psychopath. But have you ever actually went to psychosis? How do you think people, or she's just bipolar? But anyone who knows, anyone who has bipolar, bipolar disorder is not a nice disorder to have. It's literally, it really changes your life. And I completely, as someone who suffers from PTSD, I completely agree with you. It's not what people just make it out to be. Oh, my gosh, I have, like, PTSD. Like, oh, my gosh, it's like, I'm not going there. Like, I have PTSD. Like, it's so much more. Your whole life kind of changes you kind of have to really like reframe the way that you live and you work things are never necessarily going to be the same and I think people struggle people don't realize that like when you have the PTSD it's 24 7 when you have bipolar disorder it's 24 7 you can't physically leave your body and be another you know and like have something else and I think that it's been so casual I think you can blame the media for that's been so casual are you just like I'm so depressed or like this like gives me anxiety and I think as much as it is, it can be so funny and stuff, but like at the end of the day, it is people's reality. Mm. Like, you know, anyone can struggle with like any type of mental illnesses, any type of struggle. Like a black person can go through homelessness, a white person can go through homelessness. It's just kind of like, even though the even though a white person or a black person can be going through the same thing, in a black person would it's, it's not like I'm trying to say, oh, someone has it worse off than another person. It's it's just like when it comes to like ethnic minorities, we have issues that, you know, white people are never going to go through, you know, like they're never going to have to go through, you know, being a first generation um, black Irish or Asian Irish and then having like another parent from like a whole different like continent and upbringing and education and that type of stuff or like anything to do with like immigration or or direct provision or you know even like this is why intersectionality is important because like you know even if a black woman goes through the same issue as a white woman like we will both experience like medical gaslighting but one of us is going to experience medical racism like you know um well yeah I I guess I'm just like (laughs) I guess like with the with this podcast like topic just really emphasizing on the intersectional point because I'm the type of person that like I really don't like to just talk about one thing because Mm. you're not in that state of mind because of just one thing do you get me like it takes a lot to 
build up to whatever mental illnesses that you have or whatever situation that, that you're in that is causing you distress, you know? Yeah, and it's just, it's like something we really want to push because it's like, it's good to look at things one at a time, but that's mm. going to take ages and you're not going to, once again, understand the full picture and get the full grasp of the situation and know how to help from different angles, not just to through that one angle you see on either your Twitter page or Instagram page, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, you know, the, the one thing, I, the one thing I almost forgot is that like a lot of ethnic minority communities would have some type of, um, faith background as well like whether you're a christian or a muslim and mm. obviously like faith and family plays such a big role in like our lives like especially in the black community you know and you know where mental health intervention can come in is you know if if your parents aren't going to listen to white pro- medical professionals about mental health that's okay but you know, we need to meet people where they're at. And if ethnic minorities are like at churches or at mosques, then it is the job of, you know, pastors who are leading in this area not to contribute to um, mental illness, mental illness stereotypes and stigmas. Because I don't know about you guys, but have you guys ever been in a church where like the pastor is like, right, you haven't been praying enough. That's why that's why you have mental illnesses because it's yeah. something in you yeah, that's I, trying to possess you, this, that, this, that, you know? I feel like um, with me and like churches, I within the black community i feel like that's where all stereotypes mm. and ter- like mental illness stereotypes are very much perpetuated oh, and yeah. being um <coughs> diagnosed as your demonic or you have a demon we have to cast you out i remember my mom i don't know my mom t- we went to church and my mom was just telling the pastor that i slept walk when i was like five and he was like she has a demon we need to cast it out you need to bring her in for praying wow. i was like right i'm a five-year-old who sleepwalks is it ever <laughs> that deep sorry i shouldn't <laughs> no but like it's so ridiculous and it, i feel like in I, i'm so sorry but i feel like in most black churches it's the the most toxic environment ever wow why are you saying sorry why are you saying sorry it's true like it's so toxic it's to a point where i just i don't really go there you know just for my own sanity it's like the whole church debacle that isn't an episode in itself because there's so much you can go through but Mm -mm. girl exactly like there's different ways that people manage their mental health. So like if, if your situation isn't like, you know, a life or death situation, like people will be able to manage their mental health through like exercise, through listening to music, this, that, this, that. Some people manage their mental health through, you know, going to church or praying and that type of stuff, because like, you know, spirituality would be such a big part in, you know, black people's lives. Mm -hmm. But when it gets to a point where like, there's someone who is supposed to be nourishing you spiritually. And instead of doing that, they reinforce, you know, stereotypes and stigmas of mental health. Like not only is that dangerous, but like they're also not in a place of, you know, being able to speak about your, your mental health conditions. And for me as a Christian, I believe, obviously like I believe in God, but I also believe God can work through people, through working with therapists, through working with doctors, um, through talking to your friends. Like there's no shame in being a Christian or being a Muslim and also struggling with your mental health. Because at the end of the day, just because you're a Christian, you're not, you're not Jesus. Like you're still living in a broken world and you're not perfect and you're not, you're not immune to other struggles that people who might not have a faith background, like you're not immune to the struggles that they also go through because we're all living like on the same earth, you know? Um, so it's really important for like, if, if anyone is struggling with their mental health and they're from a faith background, it's not, it's like, I want to really reinforce the message that like, you're like, you're not a failure or you've done something bad that like god doesn't love you so like you're punished through this and that 
it's not it's nothing to do with that at all it's just the fact that like we live in an imperfect world and people come from like different backgrounds and you know the situations that we're in it's just like like nothing is perfect and we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to go through happiness and sadness and different types of illnesses whether physical or mental um but it's it's very dangerous to reinforce you know religion and weaponize it against someone that's trying to get better um so you know if 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 people are looking to their pastors for just nourishing their soul spirit spiritually then like pastors have um a safeguarding role in making sure that they don't reinforce any other damage on them and if if they are then that person either needs to leave that church and go to a church that knows what they're saying or that pastor just does not need to be a pastor and that's on period and, and that's on period period and that's on period thank you so much for have for being on our show blessing i have just have one answer question to ask you okay. like what is your advice for someone like me or people that look like us you know who are having you know mental health issues what is your advice as a person of color in terms of just dealing with their mental health you know they might have a family that doesn't understand them like mm-hmm. what's the way forward because i always think of these discussions like joella and i joella and i always aim to these they come out the listeners come out of it like by learning something but also they can help mm-hmm. themselves you know we're, we're going to list a lot of like um organizations on our um instagram but oh yeah so my question is to you like i like, think how, like, how are we going to be yeah like that's a good question like i think to anyone listening to this my message would be that it's okay not to be okay and that it's okay to ask for help because we all have mental health and that struggles don't discriminate and that to be the change that you want to see in yourself and in the world and that it's not as it's not as easily done as said but just know that there is people rooting for you out there um that knows what's like of what you're going through and that these these struggles are universal in general but when it comes to like being an ethnic minority just know that like you're not the only ethnic minority that's going through these issues and that you know there's a safe space in knowing that change will come and that you know to hold on to hope because hope stands for hold on pain ends i'm so cheesy oh my god well, that that's really all i can say you know <laughs> and that's on what that's on period guys we are just so thankful thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show guys we'll catch you next time um make sure to follow us on instagram twitter um and also our Facebook page, give us a like, and also feel free guys to email us if you have any queries, hashtag build different, build different 2021, baby. Let's go. Yes. Bye everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Bye everyone. And thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. See y'all, not see y'all. I don't know. What do people say at the outro instead of see? (laughs) Longerful. What she said. What she said. (laughs) Thank <laughs> <laughs>